This episode of Digital Free Thought Radio was originally broadcast on September 20th, 2017. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM live right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, this is I'm Doubter Five, and we have, as usual, uh, the Wombat on the line. Can you say hi, Wombat? Hi, Wombat. I'm glad to be here. I can't wait to get into this show. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Let's go. Well, give me just a second. I gotta make a little announcement or two. Then we'll dive right into it. Uh, this is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. It's a talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer here in Knoxville, well, you're... You're not alone! You're not, not alone. Nope. Uh, there are several atheist and rationalist groups that exist here in Knoxville, and I'll be telling you a little later on in the show how you can connect with them. Also, did you know that there was an atheist call-in television show broadcasting here in Knoxville? Did you know that one, Bat? I did, but I think it's been on TV for way too long. Maybe they've run out of things they've had to say. No, not really. Uh, they've only been on yeah, the I mean, air like about... That. I got really tired with the main character being a sponge at the bottom of the sea. I mean, there's only so many jokes you can do about it. And then they got a friend who's got a starfish, and I'm like, okay, this is great, but it's been on since, like, 1995. Can we please move on? I don't think that's the show that we do. That's not the show I'm referring to. No, that's not an atheism show. Although a lot of atheists like it, I'm sure. Um, no, this is uh, called Free Thought Forum. It's been on the air in Knoxville for over seven years now. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit later on how you can watch it and when it airs and all that good stuff. Uh, also, in spite of what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs out there. And you'll be hearing them right here in this program and generally on the station as they are in rotation. So, uh, Wombat, look, we can go ahead and get to that topic now that you're so excited to get to. Uh, can you tell us I... a little bit about it? I am. It deals with something that I think a lot of us should know about, particularly if you're an atheist, particularly particularly if you're a religious person, and that is apologetics. Apologetics? apologetics, What are you apologizing for? Yeah, it sounds like a really long word. (laughs) Why am I in the fence? You know, my dad says, never apologize for anything. We'll look where it got him. But But I'm saying... Yeah, tell me about it. So apologetics are basically uh, responses to defend the position. Or basically, if you believe in something and someone says, well, I know you believe this, but I found out this about the thing that you believe. Don't you think that's concerning or disconcerting at all? The apologetic method is basically having a defense that you can give that basically nullifies whatever concern that someone may have that's against uh, something that you believe. So if I said, for example, hey, I believe that the Bible is uh, clearly stating that the world was made in six days, and then God rested on the seventh day. And then uh-huh. someone says, well, you know, based on scientific understanding, we know that the world is, or the universe is more than just like, or it took longer than seven days to make, or six days to make. And then an apologetic for that, a classic one would be, well, you know, the Bible may say a day, but a day to God could be as much as a billion years. And in that sense, then it would be in line with what our scientific understanding of the world has. And that's basically what an apologetic is. It's just a defense you can throw out 
so that you can continue to believe the thing that you believe. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. is, though, they're not necessarily... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you. I was going to say that uh, it's more oh. it's a defense of a position, basically. And uh, once you get into those defenses, you can have counter-apologetics, which counter those defenses. It gets really <laughs> complicated down the road. But go ahead. Sure. So, yeah, basically, uh, the key point of the apologetic is, uh, can I defend this position in such a way? Can I apologize for, uh, can I apologize or come up with, uh, excuse for, uh, a critique of what I believe so that I can continue my merry way on believing it? Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're useful because, you know, you can have an apologetic in the sense of, listen, I, I want to have a conversation with you about this. Maybe we can get to a deeper issue. But here's my response to the critique that you presented. Maybe we can get deeper there, and then we can get into the counter-apologetic and stuff like that. Uh But I want – the only problem is they tend to not – they tend to lead to an argument that ends in a dead end. Mm -hmm. And I think it's useful for atheists to know how to get around them. And I think it's useful for people who are religious to know what they are and if they're using them or not. Because at the end of the point – at the end of the day – you want to be able to defend what you believe with the truth. And if you're just defending what you believe with basically just a statement that you may not really even really understand that well, it, it won't do you any good to get better to the truth. I consider those just unsubstantiated claims. You're just saying, like, sure. uh, Jesus existed uh, 2,000 years ago and he died to save your soul. Well, that's a claim, and there's no evidence with it at all. Um, matter of fact, the Bible is full of claims like that. Um, they're, right. And, they're and usually there's a lot of based, apologetic for those claims. Yeah, they're usually based on anecdotal evidence that was carried down through the ages. But uh, go and ahead. I would say a good apologetic for that is, you know, if you go to a courtroom, anecdotal evidence is what determines whether someone's guilty or, evi- or uh, innocent. Or not guilty. No, so no. That's usually capacity, if, it, if one person if one person says uh huh and the other person says nah uh, then the anecdotal evidence doesn't go anywhere at all. You've got to have something to back it up with. Uh, you may have mo- and was- motive and opportunity and, and weapon and all this other good stuff uh, that enter into this type of thing. Uh, you can't just go to go to this uh, courthouse and tell a story and expect to be de- believed. In that, in that capacity, that's a good counter-apologetic to the apologetic of, well, four people saying something in the courtroom would be enough for conviction. That's a good counter-apologetic, what you just said. And what I want to do is, I think, now that we've tried to describe like what apologetics are, maybe go over some quick classical ones, and then later on go into some novel ones that maybe both of us were thinking up of mm-hmm. uh, over the week. I think it would be cool back and forth. So uh, as another classic apologetic, you know, there is the problem of evil in the bottom in the Bible. Uh, the, the problem of evil is basically a lot of people claim that God is all good, uh, is a benevolent force, and is all powerful at the same time too. But you can't have those both be the same thing while evil exists in the world, because then it brings up a contradiction. And the, right. and the contradiction is: is God powerful enough to stop evil existing in the world, like murder, child abuse, etc. And and if he's not powerful enough to do it, uh, he's not uh, all-powerful. And if he is all-powerful, then he must not care to stop it, and he must not be all good. Or he, he might not know both. about it. Right. Uh, so what do you do? What's uh, What do you think is a classic apologetic for the problem of evil? You probably well, heard a couple. There's oh, like yeah. The, the main one is God works in mysterious ways. We cannot understand the, the mind of God, so how, how can we possibly place blame there? Yeah, that's the most infuriating one. I hate that one so much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's a non-answer, really. It doesn't give you a lot right. to work with. And I would mm-hmm. say a good counter-apologetic to that is, you know, if God works in mysterious ways, how are you to determine whether or not God is actually working on those or not? Like, what kind of proof do you have right. that that's actually substantiated? And if he is working in mysterious ways, how do you support a God that's willing to allow these terrible things to happen and then trust his methods that you claim you don't understand to help you in the future or to have a reliable way to understand how the universe works. Right. If I said I have a calculator that works in mysterious ways, and I said I have a calculator that works regularly, which would you prefer to use? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously one's better than the other. So why are you supporting a God that has means of operating that you don't even understand yeah. nor would he approve if there is, in fact, evil in the world? It's like yeah. a terrible thing. Yeah. 
So many times you hear somebody uh, uh, apologizing, uh, basically, for for God who allows a friend to die uh, in a horrible way or at the hand of a, a murderer or something. And then when you're walking down a dark alley, you know, you say, I, I have faith in God. He's going to take care of me. He, he's... You know, he's on my side. He can, I can go anywhere I want to go because God will take care of me. It, I mean, it's a, a, a dichotomy of thought that's mutually exclusive, but they just don't get it. Because, I mean, God could work just mysterious ways on you, too. And then that would be the end sure. of you. It, it says a lot when you have a, a, a statement that can't be falsified in right. the sense of you don't really have a way of determining if the thing even works because you don't have a basis for determining when it doesn't work. Right. You literally and, don't know what it'll look like and, when you get it done. And, be, and when you have a, a they'll be first to tell that, you that God does not do tests. You cannot test God. Ah, so. you're getting to my next one. Oh, no. Come on, <laughs> I'm saying like if you have a guy that works in mysterious ways and he does something for you, and you could say, oh, that was God. But if something that you don't want happens, and you could say, oh, well, that was God. Uh, protecting me for something even worse or right. that was god uh choosing i just didn't either at that time you basically mm-hmm. put yourself in a situation where you've already determined ahead of time that you're going to believe in god no matter what right and you don't care if the evidence shows one way or the other and that's a really bad position to be in if you care about things that are truth because truthful things can be supported with evidence can be supported through reasoning and if you just choose ahead of time you put yourself in a position where you might choose wrong or you could present you could choose in a way that depreciate the value of what, you know, uh, a, a reasonable and intelligible worldview could offer you if you're just willing to open up your mind a little bit and see, hey, maybe I could be wrong on some things. I'm not saying disregard the belief you have in God. I'm just saying be open to the fact that, you know, it's not a good way to believe in things by believing in them ahead of time until, right. until you get evidence for it. Right. There's a good way. There's a rational way to come to the belief of a God or to come to a God belief. But if you're not using it, you should be open to the fact that people might tell you it, and you should maybe change the way that you think. That's yeah. all the uh, atheist position is, really. Right. And so many times they just stop asking questions altogether. They, they, mm. they feel like they have the truth, so there's no reason to go searching for the truth. Um, and they, that's, you know, there's an old saying. It says, uh, faith doesn't give you the answers. It just stops you from asking questions. And that, in a lot of cases, are true for for a lot of uh, parishioners, as it were. Man, I love that so much. That should be your closing line. That's such a great line. Anyway, let's do one quick last one. I think we were touching on it already. So Uh you had said, um, if I pray for something and it happens, or I should pray, I could pray for literally anything I want. Let's say I was at peace and I said, I can pray for literally anything I want. But I'm not going to pray for like a million dollars because I shouldn't test God. Mm-hmm. And the apologetic there is essentially like, hey, if I said God can answer any prayer, and you say, well, why do you make a million dollars? And then the theist says, well, you know, you shouldn't test God. That, that You shouldn't mm-hmm. test God as a back way of getting out of the first statement mm-hmm. while still believing that any prayer can be answered is, right. a, is a useful apologetic that I've heard be used. Yeah. What do you think is a good counter for that? Well, so God doesn't answer every prayer because God doesn't answer prayers that are tests. I mean, right there on the face of it. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's good. I like that because you're using their own rule. Uh So we're doing this live. I'm hearing these for like (laughs) from under five for a while. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. A lot of times um, I lost my train of thought. Um Oh, well, go ahead he and continue. It'll, it'll come he doesn't back to me. Answer every prayer because he doesn't answer oh, yeah, we were talking I about, think... I was going to mention the, uh, the milk jug analogy. Uh, all, most, <laughs> most preachers out there, especially Protestant ones, will tell you that God does answer every single uh, prayer. He just, his answers are either yes, no, or wait. And if you think about it, you could pray to Joe Pesci or a, um, a milk jug or your favorite bicycle. You could pray to them every single day and they would answer every single prayer with yes no or wait and there would be no way to be able to differentiate whether the prayers that you offer up to god or offer up to your bicycle uh were coming true right. or not there's no standard and but right. generally you've got a predisposition to um favor the ones that that are that come true for your god but you wouldn't do that for the bicycle and I would say something that's actually really disappointing is that no one who's especially religious would be even willing to test that 
by, you know, spending a week praying on a bicycle instead of, like, their God or Holy Book, uh-huh. or praying on their car tires or the grass outside, mm-hmm. and seeing if the results come out the same, because in the Holy Book that they follow, most of the time, it says you shouldn't pray to anything else except for God. And as a result, they don't really have a willingness or are open because of the the catch, or what do you call it, the loop, yeah. the, the catch inside their own catch religion saying they can't worship anything else. Uh-huh. It would be interesting, though, to just find, well, well I actually feel like um, you, you do see this in other religions. For example, a pagan would be willing to worship various types of spirits, and I think the accuracy with or at least the probability of them getting their wish fulfilled, whether they're worshiping in uh, water in a well or a rock that's outside or like the sun, tends to be around the same probability as anyone who worships any other kind of thing, which right. is ultimately just down to chance and their own involvement in the uh-huh. matter. Right. Though mm-hmm. so I would love to see that study. I, that's my hypothesis. Yeah. Anyway, though, I feel like we've hit on this subject for a while. Uh, I think we understand what apologetics are. They're just a response to uh, a critique. In, in the sense of you're trying to maintain the same position that you yeah. had, the yeah. same beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's just a response you get. Yeah. I wanted to go over some pretty cool ones that I heard. These are from the atheist experience, okay. some from personal interviews that I did, mm-hmm. uh, others from just things that I thought up. Yeah. And maybe we can talk about them and uh, try to break them down, see what, what they're sure. about. Go for it. Cool. All right. So one of these is well, the first one is from the atheist experience. And it's who called into the show, and I think this was two weeks ago, as well as, like, last week. Um, and uh, the, pre- the, the, the premise is, uh, Daughter 5, listen, let me tell you something. Have you ever played any video game ever? Yeah, I play them all the time. Okay, you've played video games very much. You could agree that... From the perspective of a, uh, a character inside that video game, that the programmer of the video game is basically a god, would would be a god. Would, would you not agree that? Well, if, if the uh, character in the game had intelligence enough to be able to think about it, yeah, I would think so. But they're really just the program that is running in the computer. But, it's, yeah, exactly. uh, for the it's, sake of argument, I'll say yeah. It seems yes. I, I I think the definition is compatible with a god as as a character in the video game if they were intelligent enough, or or even if they were just hard programmed to recognize the actual human programmer outside the game as a god. Yeah, but I mean, case. I mean, the problem with that is it's just a few lines of code. We could actually go to the the program and isolate those pieces of code and say this is the extent of that character this is all it is it's just sure. these lines of code yep. the the character does not have a cerebral cortex it doesn't have uh the the different parts of the brain that go into making up memory and emotions and thoughts and and conjectures and all sure. that so he literally cannot accomplish a thought like that we're not saying that the uh video game character is as complicated as a human being it's just draw, the setup of an analogy that uh, okay. to us, as a, as to us, what a god would need to be compared to the video game character, what a god needs to sure. be. You can say the, the human programmer to the video game sprite is analogous to an actual what an actual supernatural being would be to us as a human being, like just vastly beyond our comprehension, uh, a complex thing of some sort. Okay, we may not even know what it is. So in that capacity, you could look at the world and say that it is basically just a simulation of reality. Like what we are experiencing right now is just a simulation. And as a result, there could very well be an agent that has caused this simulation. And if you were to look into actual science, uh, (laughs) and the weird thing is I'm an actual scientist, but the, the caller was very adept, or was very... Um, Adamant. He was appealing to some oh. fringe physics papers that had actually got published on the concept of the universe actually being a possible simulation. And to him, that begged the question of, if it is a possible simulation, would that not necess- uh, necessitate the... The, the being, a being that causes or is running the simulation, and wouldn't that being be God as a function? 
Okay, well, um, I'm not sure what you're wanting. Are you wanting the counter-apologetic for that? I mean, I recognize yeah, so that, like, that's a, that that's an apologetic. Wouldn't that so, like, if there are if there are scientists or if there are physicists that make the claim that our world is possibly a simulation, or it's probable that it's a simulation, and every simulation, as far as we know, is run by a some sort of programmer who generates the simulation, would that not necessarily mean that, from a scientific perspective, there is in fact a god, and therefore there should be a god that's running the simulation? Okay. Um, well, that's that's like a false dichotomy. Um, hold on. Oh. The uh, the creator could be natural selection. Uh, it could be driven by mutation, natural mutation. Uh, could be um, aliens from another galaxy. I mean, another mm. dimension. I, like I say, it's false dichotomy, and they're saying it's either. Uh, God or nothing. We have no nothing else to you know to go for. No, it could be a lot of things. The creator of the universe could be, be natural processes of uh, the collision of two other bubble universes out there. But that begs the question about going back to the very first universe and saying where did that come from? The best answer, because we don't know, the answer is we don't know. And the time to to say that we do know is when the evidence pre presents itself. Now, if you say that uh, scientists, and some of them are leaning in this direction, that our universe is a simulation, uh, it begs the question, why would they make an entire universe as big as it is and, and then just put populate one planet? If that, I mean, why would they do that? They might have millions or billions of, of uh, populated planets out there that would not give us any advantage in the in the natural flow of things after they created the universe. And the God that you're you're uh, touting or, or explaining or conjecturing uh, would not in any way be their God. It wouldn't be the Hindu gods, or it wouldn't be uh, Shiva, or or Allah, or Yahweh, or Jesus, or any of that stuff. It could just be a God. It could just be a, a a resident of another universe that is experimenting on his computer to create another universe, a, a smaller universe in his computer. This in no way validates any particular uh, religion. And even if it were true, and that's a pretty big if. All we're talking about now is probabilities, and we don't really have a good substantial way of creating of finding out what that probability number is either next <laughs> i also if so if i can take a stab at this too i sure. so with regard to the simulation argument a lot of people are willing to jump to god as the ultimate simulator runner and i like if if i could give a comment on the response that you give I like the fact that you left the door open that, you know, it could be more than just a god that's running a simulation. Uh -huh. It could be aliens from another dimension that mm -hmm. are just slightly beyond what our capabilities are, but sure. are a natural part of the universe right. that just have the technology to dupe us and put us all in a simulation where we think we're interacting with things, but we aren't really, mm -hmm. and that they are actually pulling the strings, but they're no more a supernatural being than, say, uh, two planets colliding into each other right. or the sunlight from a star. Right. It doesn't have to immediately go to a supernatural being that's beyond our comprehension, because there will just be very intelligent yeah. aliens. Yeah. Or uh, I like that. I really do like well, that. Especially since nothing, nothing supernatural has ever been proven to exist. Right. And until you demonstrate that is a god or that that god is possible, we have nothing better than our own natural world to base things off of. And it right. seems to be what is what the, the basis of it is is. Our natural responses tend to be sufficient and necessary to explain most of the things right. that we can you know, right. that we can objectively right. demonstrate. Right. And, and as a result, they're very liable. Uh, supernatural claims, mm -hmm. on the other hand, can't be demonstrated because right. we don't have a basis for them. Yeah. And so and you're basically just saying simulation creating pixies or magic at that point mm -hmm. is running the simulation. Right. And there's and absolutely really no more. There's absolutely nothing in that scenario that would tell um, the user, the person that you're arguing with, uh, that that God is your God, to get back to that uh, argument. But even more basically, there's nothing in that argument that says uh, souls exist 
or afterlifes exist. I mean, all of this about creating the universe and creating the world and all that stuff doesn't say anything about what happens to us after we die. It's and, a very non-traditional idea of what a god is because uh-huh. no one in the, from the classical sense has conceived of that kind of a god who's running computer tech uh, right. simulation. It seems mm-hmm. more like, hey, we have computers. Computers are something we understand really well. Why don't we just say the entire world is sure. a computer? It doesn't seem yeah. much different from like people who used to make ships who mm-hmm. say, you know, at the end of the sea, that's where heaven is. So that's what heaven is because we understand ships really well. It's just basically mm-hmm. a stretch of yeah. what we might understand. Yeah. It seems All, to have yeah. correlations is what I'm saying yeah. with right. our best understanding of certain kind of technology that we extend it into a supernatural realm where we just say, well, maybe God's computers. Because we have computers, yeah, and, and it all, doesn't seem any different. Thing. And all we can really do is sit back and hope that he doesn't trip over the cord. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I think that's a good point. Um, I would uh, the last thing I would just say, just to add on top of that, is um, just because a scientist says something doesn't mean that science, science, and what a scientist says are completely different things. I know it's astonishing. But yep. the, the basis of science is... There is no it, authority. It, exactly. There's no authority in science. Science yeah. is a uh, a model that everyone, or a practice that everyone else can, can do. Mm-hmm. And it's just where you take information and you try to develop a narrative that best explains the information yeah. that you're able to obtain. And, and uh, and the some, information right. you obtain mm-hmm. can be ideally given to you through tests, rigorous tests and demonstrations. And as you get more information... The story needs to change to objectively, as best as possible, answer every kind of information or every piece of information that you made to make an overall story. Mm-hmm. Um, right. A scientist is just a person who says things, you know, and that's totally, and I know that sounds crazy, but the fact is, you know, a scientist can be wrong, and it's up to other scientists to point that out. And it's through that discussion and debate that people are able to get to a better understanding of what's going on. So you can't just take a snapshot of just one part of a conversation or an ongoing debate and say, this is what the new area is, this is what new science is, mm-hmm. because really that's unfair. The discussion that's being had is maybe something that's one side provocative and the other side a bit more conservative, but they're trying to shake out a truth. And it takes time to do that. Yeah. And until then, I think you should go with what the consensus of physics say, which isn't so much that the world is a simulation, but that, or, and definitely not that any kind of established demonstration of the world being a uh, simulation proves that God exists. There's no consensus on that part. Right. Or so, which God, even if you get a consensus that a God exists, which God? You know, what, what right. outside of a deist God would you be talking about? Right. I, I also like how you said it was a natural world, like um, just uh, the means of how the world seems to exist already. I think that leads into the next point. Do you think we have enough time, or are we getting close to the bottom? Well, we, we've got about three minutes for the bottom of the hour. Okay, three minutes to the bottom of the hour. Anyone listening, this is the apologetic. So, <laughs> router five, mm-hmm. you want to think about this over the break. I'm going to give you time. I hope you get a good response. Here's the apologetic. Look, I'm calling into the show. I I can't believe you guys say that God doesn't exist. Check this out. You know what the uh, water cycle is, right? Uh, Look, water yes. comes down right. from the clouds. I saw that It one. hits the ground. <laughs> it makes the trees grow. It makes air and oxygen for us. We live off of that, and we breathe out and respirate air mm-hmm. back out of our bodies. That feeds the plants, and then that releases more water in the air. It goes in the rivers. It's a huge, complex network clearly designed by an intelligent being. That's the only excuse that makes sense. It's too complicated to be anything else. Therefore, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, souls, <laughs> heaven, and health. Okay, we're going to go to the bottom of the hour. Well, we're already there at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to play a song for you first. Uh, this will be uh, Anthony David's uh, song called God Said. And uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. Christy, something happened a long time ago in Haiti. And uh, people might not want to talk about it. They were under the heel of the French. And they got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you'll get us free from the French. Mm. True story. And so the devil said, okay, it's a deal. Ever since, they have been cursed. my imaginary friend. See the trouble he gets in can be traced back to me. 
Oh, he can't pretend at the slightest of his when He has the power to suspend all rules of morality. And when he gets angry, he can make a lightning strike. He can help me win the fight with his power. Yes, he speaks through me. And it's always positive. Cause I can just ask for forgiveness and it's over. So you can't put the blame on me. I'm doing what God at 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. And now, back to the show. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. Welcome back. This is Dotter 5 on the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I said earlier in the show that we'd talk about the free thought groups that are here in Knoxville. Uh, well, here we go. This first one is the Atheist Society of Knoxville. Founded in 2002, November marks our 15th year. ASK now has nearly, well, actually over 700 members now, and you can find them online at knoxvilleatheist.org. Or you can go directly to meetup.com and look for Knoxville Atheist. It's just that simple. Or you can join us in person at our weekly meetup, which happens every Tuesday evening at West Hills Flats and Taps in Kingston Pike, near Westtown Mall, where we get together for food, drink, and conversation. Everybody is welcome. That is, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Thank you, Matt Dillahunty. Um, another large free-thinking group here in Knoxville is the Rationalists of East Tennessee. Uh, they've been around for more than 20 years. 
RET has bi-weekly presentations and discussions at the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road. They meet the first and third Sundays at the Goins Administration Building Cafeteria Annex. And if that's too much to remember, just go to rationalist.org online and click on Upcoming Events. Or just go camp on the campus and follow the signs uh, once you get there. Um, since school is starting back, uh, the Secular Student Alliance is starting back. Uh, they have programs which give camaraderie and community to any free-thinking high school or college student who would like to be involved in the free thought movement or would just like to find other free thinkers to hang with. Everybody needs like-minded friends, and atheists are no different. And finally, there is a newcomer to the group. Uh, we've got a, a local chapter of the Freedom From Religion Foundation now. I'm no, glad to hear that. Uh, they're the, they're, it's a local chapter of the nice people up in Madison, Wisconsin. The Freedom From Religion Foundation stands staunchly between church and state and will happily um, represent you uh, in, a, in a court case uh, if you have good grounds against uh, religious encroachment into your government uh, agency. Um, earlier in the show, we said we'd talk about the uh, Atheist Call-In TV show, and we can do that now. It's called Free Thought Forum, and you can see it every Tuesday between 5 and 6 on Comcast Channel 12 or Charter Channel 192. But if you don't have cable, you can watch it streaming online anywhere, even on your phone. Just go to ctvnox.org. CTV stands for Community Television, ctvnox.org. Uh, you can also find some archives of some of the shows there, uh, that they have done on YouTube where a fan has been uh, recording them and posting them. Just go to, I'll get it in a minute. Just go to YouTube and search for three words, Free Thought Forum Knoxville. Also, if you're interested in getting involved in our TV or radio show, just come to an Ask Meetup or RET meeting and talk to us about it. You could be our next co-host or guest. And that takes us through the announcements. Um, where did we leave off there, uh, Wombat? I said, I said, and I still haven't gotten an answer from you. I can hear you sweating from here. <laughs> I said the world is clearly complex and beautiful. We have this amazing thing called the water cycle. Mm. We're talking water on mountains, coming down the hills, feeding all the plants, going to the oceans, going back up into the sky, through evaporation, and then raining back down on the hills, freezing or coming back down in rivers and feeding the plants. It's a complete and total cycle enclosed and dedicated to keeping life on Earth here. That is that is proof positive that there is an intentional agent trying to keep life alive on Earth, and I that can you, only be done. Well, I think, I think therefore, you made a therefore couple God of... Exists. You've made a couple of foundational errors there. As you uh, said, it, as you said yourself before you we went to break, praise Jesus. I already converted you. <laughs> no, I said, I said, therefore Jesus and Yahweh and afterlives and heaven and hell and souls and all that stuff, Same which thing. does not follow. It's a non sequitur. Even if, even if you could prove that there was a creator, an intelligent, uh, invisible all-powerful creator that gave us the water cycle it it stops there. there there's no reason to believe it's yahweh rather than um than um the hindu gods or the um the muslim gods or um mormon gods any other gods that you want well, to and humans wait 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 humans have humans okay. have been uh creating gods in their minds and in their societies for over 10 well i don't know 10,000 years but at least or 5,000 years, because that goes back to the gods of the Egyptian uh, um, societies. Um, they believed that their pharaohs were gods. Um, you know, you could just as easily say that the water cycle was created by pharaoh, you know, or, or even Caesar, because Caesar was supposed to be a god. We, we, we make gods so easily and so readily because the raw materials are so cheap. And I don't remember who said that, but I think it was Robert G. Ingersoll which you should look that up, dear listener. I like that one, too. Yeah. But I would say, hey, if I can make a quick comment, mm -hmm. giving me ground to say, even if I could prove that a creator made the, the water cycle, uh, yeah. I can't prove what uh, which creator that is. Right. That gives me a lot of ground to work with because you've already gave me the credence that uh, a creator 
possibly could have made. No, I, all I did was concede, concede it for right. the faith of argument, for the sake of argument. I did not, and I wouldn't say that it means that there's a creator because that's a false dichotomy. We, we already talked about that. It, you know, it could have been an alien from another dimension. It could be uh, an alien from another universe. Or even the galaxy around the corner could have created this galaxy. There ah, are, I, see, pic- I get it or, now. Uh, universe creating pixies could have created it because it's right, right there in the name. <laughs> when you say when you say uh, false dichotomy, what you're saying is I'm I'm saying either God made it or n- or no God made right. it or like right. a God made it or a God did not make it. Those are the no, two no, options. Well, and basically, what you're saying it had, is you're saying it had to be a God. Well, in other words, means- it had to be a God or we wouldn't be here or the water cycle would not be here. But since it's here, it had to be a God. Or, you're not you're not even making it two choices. You're making it one. Let me see if I can express the false dichotomy. I say, I'm basically saying either God made it or basically it's impossible that it could have existed in the first place. And that is the false dichotomy because there's a lot of other possibilities right. that it could have been other than just the God being right. the, the cause of it existing. Sure. And that includes the aliens, the advanced technology we may not be able to understand, natural processes we've yet to completely comprehend, or scientific processes we refuse to accept. Uh-huh. <laughs> which might be the, the more pertinent case. Right. But, yeah, I like the answer. I think it's good. I would also say, hey, I brought this up before. Complexity doesn't prove uh, intelligent design. Simplicity is the hallmark of design. If I invent a, a light bulb that takes a 1,000 steps to turn on versus a light bulb that can be turned on in one step, the one-step light bulb is better because it's inherently simpler. A really complex way of distributing water all around the world is not as efficient as just having things that don't need water or mm-hmm. things that make their own water yeah. integrally, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, we have a complex system that works in a very meticulous fashion, and that's not evidence of intelligent design. That's right. evidence in the opposite direction. A really intelligent desi- designer would have made it so that there wouldn't be any deserts anywhere. <laughs> that would be nice. Maybe, uh, at least yeah. for uh, a lot of the animals that are living in the desert, they'd be like, man, it would be nice if I had some water here, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Most desert animals would say that. Yeah. All right. We're running, almost running out of time. Let me give you my, sec- my uh, third apologetic. Okay. This is one I made. I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's a unique one, but I do think it's an interesting one in that I haven't heard this one a lot. Okay. <laughs> Possibly because I made it. All right. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. We live in a beautiful country. We yeah. do not agree that. We, oh, yeah. we live in a great country. Sure. One of the hallmarks of our country is religious freedom, which not only just means we're free from religion, but we also have the right to practice it any way we want to. I'm choosing to practice my faith not because I think it's, you know, uh, uh, intelligible or rational, whatever, but because I have the right as an American to do so, and I don't appreciate you challenging my beliefs when I have a right as a citizen to this country to have that ability to do so. So if I want to read my holy book and I want to believe everything that it says and I want to uh, follow whatever it says, you can't just come in here with, you know, your, hey, you can't, you can't choose what you believe, you can't choose this, you can't do this, this, is, this says this. Like, I don't care. I have a right to practice my religion as I see fit. That's my right as an American. What do you say to that? Well, it's not atheists that are knocking on your door. <laughs> we we don't come to you generally. You come to us. You're the ones who try to pass laws and, and, and make us live by your religion, or at least by your religion's dictates. Uh, not only that, but you you um, well, I could go for. We could make a whole hour about the problems that religions do, but uh, they don't generally keep to themselves. If they kept to themselves, you probably wouldn't have a whole bunch of atheists out there. Uh, but this whole new new atheist movement was pretty much kicked off by some religious people flying planes into our secular buildings. Uh, that brought uh, the whole the whole idea of religion and its harm that it does uh, to the international consciousness. Um, that's one of the things that brought me out of my closet. I was a happy um, in the closet atheist for thirty years. But when mm-hmm. when religious people start doing that kind of stuff, you cannot ignore it. It's just an, a symptom of the harm that's been going on for thousands of years, and it's time to end it. And if the way that us militant atheists do is we talk about it, and we have that right, too. We, we have the right of free speech just like you have the right of free religion. 
So that's what we're doing. And we're not flying planes into buildings or burning people or throwing people off roofs. We're just talking, and a lot of times that's just too much for the religious And a lot of times that's enough. That's enough to get people on the the more rational side of things. Mm -hmm. By and the way, that's all that's we have a phone number. <laughs> if you'd like to get oh, in on this conversation, <laughs> call us at 865-333-5937. That's 333-5937. Happy to hear from you. We actually forgot to say that like the last couple of shows. I forgot to mention that. Well, it's in the uh, it's in the mid, the mid bumper, uh, the radio bumper that we play. Cool. Thanks to uh, you. I don't think that our, but, yeah, it's the same number for all the shows uh-huh. on Wozo, right? Right. Okay, it's the so general Wozo number. Uh-huh. You can also get it from the website, too, if we say it too fast. Feel free to call it anytime. Sure. Uh, here is I – like, I like the response. I like how you say uh, it's my right to speak because that's really all I'm doing, and uh-huh. I have freedom of speech. Right. As much as you have the right to your religion – and as long as you're not infringing mm-hmm. on each other's rights, I think we're totally fine. Mm-hmm. But what you find is that the people who are religious or the religious-sided tend to want to proselytize at the detriment of the rights of others to be free of their religion as well as to be able to speak freely about it. Yeah. And I think that's what the problem is. It's not so much that I'm not saying you should stop believing what you're believing. It's more of the way how you're believing is infringing on my rights to also be an American. So... You, if your rights cut yeah. my rights, that's not that's not okay anymore, and we should be able to address that right. as 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 citizens that have yeah. free speech. Yeah, and if you, I, uh, I talked about saying, uh, I said that I could go on for about an hour just on all the stuff that I find is a problem with religion, and if you don't believe me, you can go to my website or digitalfreethought.com and look up the article. What is so wrong with religion? And uh, it spells it out. It spells out at least um, a bunch of the stuff. It doesn't cover everything, of course. Um, but you're certainly welcome to go to digitalfreethought.com. Go to the click on the blog button and then search for what's so wrong with religion. And cool. the line's still right. open if anybody wants to call in and challenge us on any of this stuff. Hey, I want to challenge you right now. Okay. I got an apologetic. This is one of the coolest ones that I think of. That's just, this is entirely in my head. I'm bringing it out. This involves some role play. <laughs> yeah? Okay. All right. So, check this out. A caller mm-hmm. calls into the show and says, listen, I'm going to tell you what. I know this sounds crazy, but I am I'm, I'm in one-to-one communication with a God. It's obviously not the Christian God. We, he's, his message to you is that we got it all wrong, I, but I can demonstrate to you on the radio, even live over the phone, that you are, in fact, talking to someone who's in direct communication with the God. The God will show, demonstrate to you right now that he's real. Uh, what he's going to do right now is make your lights flicker. And in the room right now, the lights in, your, in the DJ booth are flickering. And then he says he'll flicker Morse code for, hey, I'm here, don't worry about it. And they flicker, boop, 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 boop. All right, so now they flicked it, and you still don't believe it. You're like, anyone can make lights flicker. Maybe that's just for the static electricity thing. No, or maybe probably more like an accomplice. I would, I well, would think it would be an accomplice. So, yeah. then, so then what he says now is like, okay, check this out. Next thing I'm going to do is make the air conditioning turn on, and I'm going to make someone walk across the room from left to right, right outside the booth. You'll see him from the window. And then he snaps his fingers, and he's not doing it. He's saying, this is what my God's trying to do to demonstrate to you that I'm not full of, you know, malarkey. I'm trying to tell you something that I feel like I'm in contact with a spiritual being. And he snaps his fingers. That's the cue to the, the being. And all of a sudden, the air conditioning turns on. It becomes much more nice in the room. <laughs> There's no more background noise. And someone actually walks across in the back. And you're like, okay, I still don't believe it. I can't get a rationality. There's maybe some weird causation issue going on here. Can you do another test? And he says, yes. Here's the last thing that we can do. I can go, uh, I'm going to ask my God. He loves to be tested. I'm the only person that can make him do tests, though. I, I know it's weird and complicated and kind of contrived. Yeah. But I'm, if you go to Google.com, you'll see that every website is now just a link to your webpage. What's that webpage? Digitalfreethought.com. Oh, my gosh. You're getting links up the wazoo. You're getting views like crazy. Because now every link on the internet leads to your webpage mm-hmm. on every single person's computer. 
I think hopefully you're sold by now. That's obviously proof that this guy is talking with a supernatural deity. You can't twist the entire internet in his favor. What's going on? What do you think? Is that proof that he's talking to a supernatural being or what? No. Everything that he's done has been a natural occurrence. Now, everything is that he's done has been uh, a possibility that somebody, I mean, something that somebody could actually do in this world. What would be a... Oh, there's a couple things to say about that. Um, the the thing about changing all of the uh, the links to mine it could just be the, the person has gotten a hold of the server that I go through, and he's changing stuff, you know, left and right to be able to create uh, to uh, convince me. Uh, I you know that's not a proof for God. That's a proof that he's got an accomplice who really knows a lot of stuff. Now the thing about it is, and there's two things here. Um, one thing that would convince me is if uh, he might be able to do something uh, that I, nobody else could do. Like uh, if I look across Read your the, mind? Well, no, if I look across the street and I say, okay, I'm looking at a house across the street, and I won't tell you which one it is. I just want you to have God uh, levitate it, you know, bring it up about you know 30 feet off the ground just while I'm watching it, something like that. That would at least give, you know, Make it so that it'd be, he wouldn't know what it, which one it was unless he could read my mind. And, okay. you know, and, and then he would have to do something that it would be beyond a uh, possibility of physics because, you know, gravity would keep it on the ground or something else didn't act on it. But the thing about it okay, is, so let me, let me just say, we got one, nine minutes left. Let's just say that happened. We got nine minutes. We say, let's just say that happened. You looked out the window, you picked the house in your head, mm-hmm. and the guy on the phone says, okay, check this out. Keep your eyes on that house. I don't know which one it is. Mm-hmm. My God's going to come over there and lift it up in the air, like exactly 10.5 feet. Mm-hmm. He does. He brings yeah. it back down. No one's hurt, but they're coming out, and they're out of their house, and they're like, what just happened? And yeah. meanwhile, you're watching this, and you're thinking, what? What are you thinking? That's what we want to know. Okay, no, that means that he's he's gotten a hold of somebody who's telepathic. I can see the results of it. It's evidence of something. Uh, it could be. Uh-huh. I mean, he could have gotten a hold of an uh, an alien who is telepathic. I mean, if he's talking to him in his brain, then he's obviously telepathic. Uh, if he can read my mind and look through my eyes and be able to see a house that I'm looking at, then he's got some powers that we don't have. But it doesn't necessarily mean a god. He may have godlike powers, but any sufficiently advanced civilization would look like magic to us. So you know, it, it, even if and even if I conceded that it was a god, back to the earlier points, it doesn't mean it was his god. You know, it doesn't mean that it was Yahweh. It doesn't mean that we have souls. It doesn't mean that heaven and hell are real. All it means is that somebody has a lot of power and able to read minds. That's the two things that it has proven. Now, one one point that uh, Matt Dillahunty of the Atheist Experience in um, oh in Texas, Austin, Texas, thanks, um, says, and I agree with him. I may not know exactly what I need to see or do or experience, uh, what evidence I need to believe in God. But if God is real, especially if it's his God, you know, Yahweh, and it's a Christian God, and all of the attributes are true, then he would know what I would need to convince me. And the fact that he hasn't given me that evidence means one of two things. One, he's not there, he doesn't exist. Or two, he doesn't care to convince me. And and according to the Bible, convincing me is about the most important thing there is in the world. And he loves me more than anybody else. Why would he not convince me? He convinced Saul or Paul. He uh, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared to several of the prophets in the Old Testament. Why wouldn't he appear to me and tell me, give me the evidence that I need? All I see are humans. All I see are clerics. And all of them giving me false or at least contradictory claims about what they know, in quotes, about this God or their God or all gods. Mm, I like it, but I'm <laughs> going to throw out one last thing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Check right. this out. Well, we do have Guy about 10 more says, minutes. <laughs> okay, Actually, Guy on the phone says, listen, I, I, I know, listen, I'm, I'm on your side too. I believe in all those things as well. I went to the ass meetings. I went to Red. I'm 100% in your boat. I'm not even convinced that the thing that I'm talking to is a God. But here's the thing. He's not trying to 
say the thing the thing that I'm talking to isn't trying to say that it's God. He's just trying to say he's willing to communicate with us. He is willing to be tested. He refers to himself as a God, but he doesn't expect us to follow him or believe him. He seems like a pretty nice guy, and he's willing to be tested. How do I call? Who do I get in <laughs> touch with to get this, you know, to get this more well-known? Because right now, if I if I go to some religious organization, they're going to say I'm crazy, I'm possessed, and they get a, 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 some sort of, uh, what do you call those people, the people who, like, take the demons out of people in my house? I don't Exorcist, want that. Yeah. I just want exorcist, yeah. I, I'm talking to an atheist because I feel like you guys are be rational. I feel like you guys be trustworthy. And I think from levitating the house to, you know, flickering the lights and changing the Internet, I, I, I can at least demonstrate that I'm not, you know, full of malarkey, as I said from the get-go. Well, Where do I go? What, well, what's the next step? What there was a, there was a, this? this concept that you're, you're asking about is, is not the first time it's come up. Uh, in in modern day media, back in the 60s, I think it was, maybe in the 50s, there was a movie called The Day the Earth Stood Still. There was an alien, okay. he landed on Earth, and he had a robot, and the robot just stood outside of his spaceship. But he had to convince the people on Earth that he had power, that he was able to do, to, to back up his claims and be able to do what he needed to do to get Earth to cooperate and become peaceful rather than fighting each other right. all the time. And right. well, did you ever see that movie? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I get the idea because the being that the guy's talking to clearly just wants the same thing. He wants peace. Uh-huh. He wants people to love each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. He has limited abilities, but he needs teamwork and he needs people to believe in him. But he also doesn't want to force it on anyone. Mm-hmm. He just wants to understand What's the best way to go about it? Because it's clearly something that he wants people to be involved in. Well, he's not well, a tyrant. Yeah. He's not that. Yeah. What's the next step? If you're the one person well, in the world who's clearly communicating with God, how do you go from, well, I might be crazy to, I'm definitely not crazy yeah. to, and what can I do to tell people about this? Well, like I say, this is a common theme in science fiction. What he did in that movie was that he, he, he told everybody uh, that, it, like, I can't remember, it's been so long, uh, like 3 o'clock tomorrow, or tomorrow evening or whatever, I'm going to shut down everything. And he did. He, You know, when the time came, all cars stopped, all electricity stopped, all uh, trains, planes, and boats stopped, except the ones that were in the air or on the ocean where they would be in peril. Uh, and it was selective. If it, if it was going to harm a human life, you know, it didn't stop. But everything else in the entire world all stopped at the same time. And he had their full attention, and he was able then to address them and talk to them. Now, there are other things like uh, Independence Day. They knew, I mean, they were able to show the entire Earth by landing spaceships pretty much over every city and every every major major city in the world. Uh, There's lots of things that you can do, especially if you have that kind of power to convince people that you're there, you want to talk to them, and make them listen. There was one particular, I don't know how much time we got left, but it's pretty cool. This Maybe you can tell me the book, but this one guy says, if you're so powerful, why don't you end the world hunger? He says, okay. And then everybody in the entire world just fell down on the ground in great writhing pain. He says, everybody's feeling the pain of the hungriest person in the world right now. As soon as you find that that last person and feed him, you will stop feeling that pain. And he did. I mean, just with that one snap of his fingers, he cured world hunger. But it wasn't him that did it. He made the human race do it. Anyway, last words. We're getting down on the end. Huh? Oh, I, I like to think what you said. Okay, so faith isn't uh, an answer. It's just an advice or a crush that people use to stop asking questions. Right. Um, I think that's pretty powerful. And listen, why is it, why is it, easy, uh, why is it necessary to ask questions? Because it helps you through apologetics, which tends to be a dead end in conversations, which tends to be a rote uh, a response people memorize and give and don't really think about. It. And the sooner that you can break those down, the sooner that you can get to the heart of why they believe things in a more meaningful conversation. That's the point of all. And you should be willing to question everything because if you're lucky, you might just change your mind on something. And that's what that's all about. Very good. That's true, true. And it all depends on how important the truth is to you. Remember, the truth right. does not fear investigation. 
look for it. If you find it and it turns out to be your religion, good for you. If it doesn't find out to be be your religion, don't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to know how important is truth to you? And that's it for this week's show. Uh, Catch us next week at 7 o'clock on this radio hour. Uh, Digital Free Thought Radio Hour and go to digitalfreethought.com, read the articles, and uh, we'll see you next week. We've got a lot of things going on here. Bye. Bye bye. Talk to you later. Free Talk Radio Hour. <laughs>